This is Daniel White III, President of Gospel Light Society International with the Scripture and the Sense podcast, episode number 1023, where I simply read the Word of God and give the sense of it based on an authoritative commentary source such as the Bible Knowledge Commentary or the Matthew Henry Commentary or some other reputable commentary or study Bible. Um, Beloved, this podcast is based upon Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 8, where it says, Ezra and the Levites read in the book in the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. The aim of this podcast is that through the simple reading of the Word of God and the giving of the sense of it, it is my humble prayer that the church would be revived and that the world would be awakened and uh, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ so that they can be saved from the wrath of God to come and from the eternal burning hell by believing in none other than Jesus Christ who said, For God so loved the world, who said the most important words in the history of the world, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life if I were you I would not miss I would not miss everlasting life I would miss hell there's a hell to shun and a heaven to gain but everlasting life is going to be something else so tonight believe in the Lord Jesus Christ believe that he died for your sins was buried and rose on the third day and pray a simple prayer asking him to save your soul, and he will save you. Today, beloved, we are reading Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Here a little, there a little is what we do here in this uh, podcast and in this Bible study. In those days came John the Baptist preaching, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Let me see that. Let me see the scriptures again. That was pretty quick. Go up some more. Okay, I just want to make sure I read two verses. Go ahead. That was Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Now here is the sense of it. Here is the understanding of it. Here is the uh, 
that is, with the help of the Holy Ghost and with the help of the Bible Knowledge Commentary of Dallas Theological Seminary, Dr. Walvert and Dr. Zuck, editors. In Matthew's story of the Messiah King, he skipped the next 30 years or so of Jesus' life. Matthew picked up the story with the introductory ministry of John the Baptist, the ambassador of the king. In the scriptures, several men were named John, but only one had the distinguishing name John the Baptist, that is, the baptizer, while self-imposed proselyte baptism was known to the Jews, John's baptism was unusual for he was the first person who came baptizing others. John's ministry was conducted in the desert of Judea, barren and rugged land west of the Dead Sea. His message was forthright and had two parts. Number one, a soteriological aspect, that is salvation aspect, repent. And number two, an eschatological aspect, for the kingdom of heaven is near. That's a, uh, eschatological is dealing with the second coming of Jesus Christ and last things, last days, and so forth. The concept of a, normally they don't use big words like that. That's why we like it. But every now and then, I guess, they will throw in some words, some polysymbolic words. Anyway, if you understand them, it's fine. But if you're trying to teach other people and they don't, they hear that, they don't understand what you're talking about. The concept of a coming kingdom was well known in Old Testament scriptures. But the idea that repentance was necessary in order to enter this kingdom was something new and became a stumbling block to many Jews. And may I say here that uh, it has become a stumbling block to so-called evangelicals and Protestants and Catholics as well. Uh, people just do not get the idea, the concept of repentance. And I believe one of the reasons why is that um, the truth of the matter is to truly repent, you must believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And instinctively, you understand that by believing in Jesus Christ, you must repent. And so I think if you can help people to understand that, because if you say repent first and then get saved, I know what you're saying, you know what you're saying, but the people may not, they think that you must change your life yourself and then come to Jesus. And that's not how it works. You must come to Jesus and Jesus will help you repent and get your life right. Uh, you can't really repent without Jesus uh, and without the help of the Holy Ghost. And so, uh, and, and, and people do not understand that repentance is important. However, it must happen 
through believing in Jesus Christ, while believing in Jesus Christ, and with the power of the Holy Spirit's help to truly do that. And it's uh, something that uh, may be difficult for some people to understand. But I think we need to make sure we put Jesus first, and when you believe in Jesus Christ, that is repentance. That's a part of, uh, repenting is a part of that, in other words. Okay? You need Jesus. You need the Holy Spirit to help you to understand the importance of repentance. Okay? <clears throat> so it all goes together is what I'm trying to say to you. Okay? You can't re truly repent and then come to Jesus. You know, like some people say, let me clean up my life first, then I'll come to Jesus. No, no. We want you to come to Jesus and let Jesus clean your life up now. Because, see, you must understand this because uh, we don't ever want you to think that you can do anything salvation-wise without Jesus Christ and believing in Him and receiving the Holy Spirit of God to, to give you the mind to repent. And let me say something to the terrors and in the church and people who say they've been saved a long time. Let me help you. Let me help you real good. See, this is the reason why I pray for my own life. People, this is why Jesus, believing in Jesus is important. Receiving him is important. Of course, once you believe in him and receive him, the Holy Spirit will take up residence in your life. Now, the evidence of your salvation going forward is a changed, obedient life. It's not necessarily tongues or whether or not you got baptized or anything like that. That's all wonderful and dandy. But uh, everybody is not speaking tongues, by the way. Everybody must get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ once they get saved. But sal baptism does not save you. Speaking in tongues is not the evidence of your salvation. Baptism is not the evidence of your salvation. This is, what is, the, this is the evidence of your salvation. Jesus Christ said, If you love me, keep my commandments. If at some point in time as you grow in the Lord, you're not convicted of your sins, you're not being chastised about your sins, uh, if you don't start hating sin, you may not have a salvation experience like me where this started instantly because God had a calling on my life. Yours may be more gradual, but at some point, my dear friend, you're going to learn from Jesus. You're going to learn from God. You're going to learn from the Holy Ghost. You're going to learn from the Bible that you had better obey God. Now, that's the fact. That's the proof of your salvation. And I know what some of you are saying all in the mushy evangelical, Protestant, Catholic Church. Well, I think that, you know, we all struggle and we all, you know, uh, commit sins and God is so good, he'll forgive us. Let me help you understand something now. Once you get saved, you must understand Jesus Christ suffered, bled, and died for sins. Was buried and rose on the third day. He was not playing he did what he came to do. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. If you're living in fornication, living in adultery, living in homosexuality, 
wives, if you don't want to respect and submit to your husband, husband, you don't want to love your wife, you hate your wife, you hate your husband, you hate your children, and, and there's hell always in your life and spirit and a bad attitude from hell and the devil all the time, there's something wrong somewhere. You need to know that. You have been slipped to Mickey. You need to truly humble yourself and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and not play games. And once you do that, you will know that. Because Jesus Christ is going to be in you, letting you know that. You, you say you have uh, an addiction to pornography? No, you don't. You just want to do that. And you're probably lost and on your way to hell if it's an addiction. Because uh, Christian people do not have addictions like that. It's no such thing. So, well, Dr. So-and-so, Dr. So-and-so is a lie. Because you're not going to sit there with Jesus and look at uh, booties and breasts and, and, and people gyrating and everything else like that and not be convicted. That's not happening. See? See? So, uh, there's something wrong somewhere. At some point, you might struggle with it a little bit, but at some point, you're going to stop that because of the Jesus Christ in you, the Holy Ghost in you. See, God's going to teach you through suffering obedience. As the Bible talks about Jesus, which I don't even understand that right now. Maybe I'll learn it in heaven. I don't know. But I am one who's not going to be asking God any questions. If I make it, and I believe I'm going to make it uh, there, uh, I'm going to be happy. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not like some of my white brothers. I'm going to ask God about this and God about that when I get there. I'm not asking God anything. I'm just saying thank you. I'm just going to say thank you. And I believe most black folk are just going to say thank you. That's what they're going to say. They're not asking any questions. But I don't understand that right there. But it's in the Bible. But I, I assure you that if you're a child of God, God's going to work with you. God's going to deal with you. And if you go contrary to his will, you, you will be chastised and rebuked. And, and it's going to continue until you repent and get your heart right with God and learn the lesson that I do not play that. God does not is saying to you, I don't play that, man. I don't play that. No, no. I died for your sins, not to continue in sin, but to change your ways. God is very interested in that. Anyway, they thought that they thought that as children of Abraham, they would automatically be granted entrance into Messiah's kingdom. That's what many religious church folk believe today. I have said it before, and I'll say it again. I venture to say that over eighty percent of the people in church buildings today, even if they go to if if they even go to church buildings today, are lost and on their way to hell, and they. They, but they believe they're saved. Religious, but lost. Pharisees and Sadducees. John's message, however, was that a change of mind and heart, meta, and they're throwing in another polysymbolic word, uh, metanoite, which they could have just said in English, repent, repent was necessary before they could qualify for the kingdom. 
And repentance means believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know from your own instincts that you need to repent. Preacher, how do you know that? Because all of the hundreds of people that I've witnessed to, and the, the devil put in their mind to say, uh, and their instinct said, yeah, preacher, you sounding good here, preacher. I, might, I, I know I need to do that. But let me go and clean my life up. Let me stop smoking and, and hoeing and everything, and then I'll come back and talk to you about Jesus. Uh, that's the trick of the devil. But instinctively, they know they should repent. Why is that? Because it's already in you to understand that. But God wants you to believe in His Son, Jesus Christ, and He'll help you to repent. He will help you. He wants you to repent. He will help you to repent. They did not realize how far they had drifted from God's law and the requirements laid down by the prophets. The eschatological aspect of John's message has caused modern-day commentators greater problems. Not all scholars agree on John's meaning. In fact, even conservative scholars are divided. What was John preaching? He announced a coming kingdom, which simply means a coming rule. This rule was to be heaven's rule. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven. Does that mean God would then begin to rule in heavenly spheres? Obviously not, for God has always ruled over heavenly spheres since creation. John must mean that God's heavenly rule was about to be extended directly to earthly spheres. God's rule over the earth had drawn near and was about to be instituted through the person of the Messiah for whom John was preparing the way. No one hearing John preach asked him what he was talking about. For the concept of Messiah's rule over the kingdom of earth was a common thread in Old Testament prophecy. The requirement for that institution, however, was that the nation repent. Let's pray. Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for this good and deep Bible study. And thank you for helping us to understand it better and to comprehend it better. Help us to obey your holy word and apply it to our lives. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the Scripture and the Sense podcast. Please remember to read the Word of God, the Holy Bible, each and every day of your life. And pray without ceasing to God about everything. And for wisdom to understand His Word and apply it to your life. Most importantly, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou, you, shalt be saved. Please stay tuned for a complete presentation of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, so that you can get your soul saved from hell to that wonderful place called heaven when you die. May God bless you and keep you is my prayer. Now, dear friends, if you're with us today and you do not know our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. Allow me to show you how you can place your faith and trust in Him, Jesus Christ, for your soul's salvation from sin and hell. 
First, accept the fact that you are a sinner and that you have broken God's laws. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all have failed God. We're all guilty before God. You do not have the right to look down your nose at others. You're just as wicked as others. Second, accept the fact that there is a penalty, there is a punishment for sin always. You will be paid for your sins one day. The Bible says in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. Our payday someday is death to these beautiful bodies. Death to so many things before you die. Death to marriages. Death to relationships. Uh, death to material things. You will experience a thousand deaths before you die because of sin. But ultimately you will die physically. Your body will be put in a cold dark grave. And that ought to be frightening because it is frightening. But more frightening is that your soul, if it dies without Christ, will go to a burning hell to spend eternity in a dark place, even though there's fire. You say, Preacher, I don't believe that a loving God would put people in the hell where Jesus Christ, the loving and lowly one, preached more on hell than he did about heaven. Jesus Christ, the loving one and the lowly one, preached more on hell than any prophet in the Bible. He said in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Also the Bible says in Revelation 21, 8, But the fearful and unbelieving, and the abominable, and murderers, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars, shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Whatever you do, don't experience the second death, because it's bad news. Hell is bad news, but I have good news for you. You don't have to go to hell. Jesus suffered and bled and died on the cross for your sins, was buried, and rose again on the third day, and he said these words to you before he left here. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, that is, perish in hell, but have everlasting life. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou you shalt be saved. Pray and ask Jesus Christ to save your soul and to come into your heart and change your life. He will do it. Romans 10, 9 and 13 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou you shall be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he suffered and bled and died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose again. And you're ready to trust him as your Savior. Pray and ask him to save you, and he will. 
I'll be glad to lead you in prayer in what is called the sinner's prayer or the prayer of salvation. Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. Let's pray. Holy Father God, I acknowledge that I am a sinner, that I have done evil in your sight. I am guilty because I have broken your Ten Commandments, your law. I've taken your holy name in vain. I've dishonored and disobeyed and disrespected my own parents. I have lied many times before. I have lusted after people and things and what others have. I've stolen things before. So, Lord, that's five to six commandments I've already broken out of your Ten Commandments. And so, please have mercy and grace upon me. For your Holy Son's sake, Jesus Christ, please forgive me of all of my sins. As I now believe with all of my heart the best way that I know how. In the Lord Jesus Christ. That he suffered and he bled and he died on the cross for my sins. Was buried and rose again. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and save my soul. And change my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And help me to repent of my sins past. And help me to turn from my evil ways. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Now dear friend of mine, if you believed in your heart on the Lord Jesus Christ, that he died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day, allow me to say to you, dear friend, congratulations on doing the most important thing in life. And that is trusting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. For more information to help you grow in your newfound faith in Christ, please go to gospellightsociety.com and read my pamphlet titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. And Jesus Christ said in John 10:9, I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Dear friend, if you trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, please email me at dw3 at gospelightsociety.com and let us know. We have some free material that we want to send you. If you have a prayer request, please email that to us as well, and we will pray for you until you tell us to stop. Until next time, my beloved, God loves you. We love you. And may God bless you real good until next time. Now, I may be traveling here over the next few days, and, uh, but I will resume preaching as soon as I get back, and I will do some preaching while I'm on the road. So thank you so much for your prayers. Please continue to pray for us, and we will continue to pray for you. God bless you. Until next time.
Hallelujah. 